Hi, Katie. Welcome to Have You Ever Heard Of? Heard Of? (laughs) (laughs) Nearly. A history podcast. Where we talk about people from history you may or may not have heard of. (laughs) It gets more and more exciting every (laughs) time we do it. Um, How are you? Uh, Not... Too bad, I suppose. My work is being uh, really grinchy and not letting me have Christmas off. When you say, like, not letting you have Christmas, do you mean, like, Christmas Eve? Like, I wanted to have, like, two weeks off over Christmas and they're not letting me have it. Because I have to be there, apparently. But your contract... I know, that's just... what I thought. I should just, but I don't know. I don't know, like, how locked in I am, really. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's quite annoying, actually. I hate to burst your bubble, but... Um... <laughs> I get two weeks off for Christmas, and I get paid. Well, it seems like most people in the company do. Oh, so annoying. The the company's really annoying me again now. I'm in a kind of like a horrible cycle where I'm just like, I get really stressed out and miserable during the day, so I just buy rubbish that I don't need. And then obviously I need the money that I'm making to then feed that habit. It's just a horror. That's what capitalism is. Keeps you in a job Mm. by forcing you to buy things that you don't need, and you think that's happiness. It's not happiness. I heard this about, like, Stephen Fry once. Doesn't he do the same thing? He, like, um, you know how he's on, like, loads of adverts and stuff, his voice and so This was a while ago now, so it might not be the case anymore, but he was saying how he, like, likes to buy things to, like, help combat his depression. Yeah. Like, um, like, gadgets and stuff. And so the reason he does all these, like, adverts and stuff is so he can fuel his, like gadget buying obsession yeah i do exactly the same thing do something that you love doing i'm trying to do that that's the other thing that's annoying me because i'm gonna take two weeks to try and do more applications for phds but i'm not gonna have time it takes a really long time i bet there are loads of people applying as well you should um you should just call in sick (laughs) yeah that's probably what i'll do Oh, oh, what, that time I wanted off? No, I'm actually sick. How weird is that? This for the exact same corona. amount of time. <laughs> I've got you corona. You can say that you have corona. It's perfect. <laughs> I have, I've Done. had it. I can tell you exactly how you feel. You'll feel like you've got knocked over by a truck <laughs> most of the time. And the only thing that kept me alive during corona was old bass oil. Like, seriously, it's the only way I could breathe. Yeah. Mm, that's yep. terrible anyway <laughs> the only problem is like if i do get corona afterwards there's like haven't you already had it and it's like yeah but then twice. then the next time you don't have corona you have food poisoning so you just uh, keep yeah, yeah. yeah. flu got the flu now yeah it's a different flu <laughs> i've had like two flus already oh my gosh this flus. usually i get the flu jab which my work would have paid for mm. but there's like a huge shortage of the flu jab because like loads of people are getting it this year um fyi guys it does not prevent corona and so i didn't get it which means i've already had like two flus man so boring i've i haven't had a flu in ages i shouldn't have said that because i'm gonna get one tomorrow now you're gonna get one foolish thing to say why did i do that why did i curse myself in this way (laughs) i curse you (laughs) bona fide asian with this flu (laughs) Now, I've got, like, just the worst immune system for flus, which is weird, because I've been wearing a mask everywhere, so who gave me this flu? Must be Matt, I don't know. He's probably oh, no, been going no, and licking people's faces or something. <laughs> well, I have nothing else to report. I'm going out to the pub tomorrow. <laughs> That's my big news. Outside going to get a burger. I went to a German restaurant yesterday, and it was lovely. I had a schnitzel, mm. which is actually Austrian. <laughs> 
It's Austrian, so actually, I think it was an Austrian restaurant because all of the food so I had was, so was Austrian. Did you have a vice beer? Uh, I didn't know. I drank wine. I didn't. I should have had what? beer, really, but I fancied yeah, wine. Yeah, you should have had a vice beer. Had strudel, and it was like probably the best strudel I've ever had. It was incredible. Wow. That's. I mean, how many strudels have you ever had? Uh, it's probably been. Like, I don't know. Quite a few. I like strudels. <laughs> I like apple pies. All that sort of stuff. I don't normally like raisins though, but a raisin and strudel, amazing. I, I love a raisin. I have sultana brown in my cupboard. I'm yeah, a big fan. Charlotte loves. I used to have those raisin. little packets. You know, those little red packets with the lady on. Do you like chocolate covered raisins? Yes. Don't you think it just ruins a chocolate? Why would you waste good chocolate in that way? No, I like the whole whole flavor experience. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> have you got an advent calendar? Speaking yes, of chocolate, but two. You got two. Yeah. We, we're sharing one. Really? Why are what, you sh- what's your advent calendar? So one just what having a chocolate every other day. Yeah, but the thing is, okay, our advent calendar is a science museum advent calendar, which means we get a science fact every day with Ooh. our chocolate, which is so good. You read right? it out to the other one where you're yeah. feasting in your chocolate. So one person reads the. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one person reads the science facts, one person gets the chocolate. <laughs> Fair enough. There's been, I think there was one that, only one so far that we didn't know, which was like, there have been eight vessels that have been sent to Jupiter or something. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But it's only been three days, so <laughs> I'll report next week <laughs> if there's some more exciting science facts. Which one's Jupiter? That's not all like gaseous, is it? It's the big one. That's got them. Yeah, it's one of the gas giants. How do you the biggest one? You can fit all the other planets inside Jupiter. That's how big it is. So like, um, so I guess it's not like a land sort of like what they sent to like Mars because it's just gas. So they probably no. It's it's like a sat. It will be a satellite one that goes like around. Yeah, that is true. Like they can't like land it on Jupiter. Just land it in Jupiter. In it. In it. Near it. <laughs> Within? <laughs> Within Jupiter? <laughs> I do need to look this up, actually. Yeah, this face is fun. But no there, no one can hear you scream. What is that the tagline for? Alien? Oh, yeah. yeah. Great film. Stop. All those films. Such so well, good. No, like, the first three films are great. Yeah. Then the, it goes... The new ones were absolute dog yeah, shit. it goes very steeply downhill after that should we do some history yes teach me fill me with knowledge <laughs> i'll try it's quite a short one today because i couldn't find a lot like um to do this justice i probably should have read the biography but guys we cannot read a whole biography of every person that we do yeah, on this show quite hard. otherwise we'd be reading a biography every two weeks on top of like any fiction that we want to yeah. read Slash other history that we need to read. Slash, like, work stuff we need to read. So, just, we have full-time jobs. I did not read a biography for this. However, I did do quite a bit of research. And I think it's quite a good one, even though it's quite short. So, (laughs) (laughs) that's my little, like, soz bit. I sometimes do read a whole biography. You know, I've read a whole biography for Rasputin, uh, for Shakespeare. You know, I've got, like, substantial biographies on my shelf which are gonna get read but it's you know some we need some time off some not so much uh have you ever heard of annie smith peck no but i like the name 
Yeah, she's cool. She's really good. Um, this is another one that contains feminism, by the way. Yay! But also other cool stuff. So I'm just gonna, I'm not going to tell you what she did. I'm just going to start, and then you'll we'll get see. into that. Yeah. Okay. So she was born on the 19th of October in 1850, in, in Providence, which is in Rhode Island. She was the youngest of five siblings. She had three brothers and one sister, but she the sister actually died before Annie was born. So she was the, the youngest. Um, so basically she grew up with three brothers. Oh, man. That's going to be yeah, tough. Yeah, so <laughs> she, she grew up in Providence, where she was born. She went to... I, the reason I wrote down the name of the school is because it's funny. Dr. Stockbridge's School for Young Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a film. Or like a horror so, book, <laughs> or like a or like a ride at like a Chesington World of Adventures. <laughs> oh my god, I love Chesington. Has the bean over? Um, and then she went to Providence High School. She also went to like a college, not oh, right. like an yeah. American college, like uni. Yeah. She went to like I guess this is like a sixth form college. But that's much less uh, inventive school names after the first one. Went from that to just Providence. Probably yeah, school. this college is like called Rhode Island College now, yeah. and she went there in 1872. So um, the only relationship that I have any information on is she had a boyfriend called Will when she was young, <laughs> um, but she decided quite early on, I think, that she didn't want to marry. Fair. Um, she was a big fan of Anna E. Dickinson, who was a famous suffragist, and this woman, she taught the country giving lectures about, like, women's rights, and um, she was a big abolitionist, and other things, like, there was one that was about, like, Joan of Arc, so um, she was, like, you know, saw some of these lectures and was really inspired by her. So after her schooling, she briefly taught Latin at her former high school, but she actually really wanted to go to Brown University, which is where her father and all three of her brothers had gone. So yeah. she wrote to the president, and the president was like, "No, you're a woman." Oh man! In the we 80s, don't 70s, take women. Well, don't I don't know why silly. I'm surprised about that. Like, how dare you? <laughs> um, uh, basically, yeah, it was pretty pretty much unknown for women to go to university at this time. And one popular book by a Harvard professor named Edward H. Clark, who I'm just about to show up, said that being a woman, like. That women being allowed at universities would shut the uterine portals of the blood up. Oh, jeez. Which basically means they thought that, like, if women went to universities, their reproductive system would just start working. Because that's how science works. I mean, like, I would be like... That's real science. I think the worst thing about this is, like, there are still, like, male members of the American ruling elite that still think these sort of things. I take you to the, like... Talking about the the case of abortion and right where they're just like, well, uh, in those cases, women can just shut that stuff down. You're like, mate, what are we talking about? What are you on you about? You need to stop talking. Stop the talking now, mate. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> just shh, 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 shh. Um, okay. So after this, she's like in her twenties and she decides to move to Sagnior, I think is how you pronounce it, in Michigan. Um, she wanted to live alone and support herself. Um, which is Good awesome. Times. First of all, she taught languages and maths at a local high school for about two years. And while she was teaching, she decided she really wanted to go to university, right? And 
she told her parents about this and her parents thought this was kind of stupid. Um, especially because, not just because she's a woman, but if she started now, she would graduate 27. She's like, you're a woman and you're too old. So she argued with her father about it and she asked him if the problem was, was she fem- was it because she was female or because of her age? And after that, he was kind of like, oh, I guess I should support you. So basically, she wrote to the president of University of Michigan and she was accepted. Oh, so nice. In 1874, she enrolled in the University of Michigan because they had opened their doors to women in 1871. So they were like so, one of the first. I don't know if they were the first, but they were definitely one of the first. So Michigan, much more enlightened than Brown. Brown's like a really yes. famous uni. Like I'm gonna, I'm holding this against holding this against Brown. Brown has gone down in my estimations. Yeah, they're Ivy League, and they're aren't they like renowned for being one of the more yeah, liberal Ivy League yeah. unis? Yeah. Like... Anyway, that's what I know from um, watching of like teen university, like in it, like Gossip Girl and the OC. This mm. I do not know this because of any actual knowledge. <laughs> didn't uh, what's her name? Um, Emma Watson. She went there. Did she? Yeah, apparently. Oh, I thought- Oh, she went to Oxford for a bit, I yeah. think, as well. It's, it's, anyway. I'm sure I am. All oh, right. I might be wrong. <laughs> Sometimes we're wrong. <laughs> Who knows? Um, okay, so she earned her degree in 1878 with a major in Greek and classical languages, and then she did an MA in Greek three years later. Oh, nice. Um, she taught Latin after that for two years at Purdue University. So in 1884, she travelled to Europe. Uh, I love that when people just travel to Europe. <laughs> I'm like... Okay, cool. Where? So she continued to study, first in Hanover and then in Athens. In 1885, she became the first woman to attend the American School of Classical Studies in Athens, where she studied archaeology. Oh, nice. She's already badass woman. She's heading down our route. Her mother had warned her that going around Europe like she was doing might make her look like a bit of a floozy. She didn't say floozy, but I'm saying floozy. (laughs) To this Peck said, I have lived long enough to have gone beyond trying to make all my actions satisfactory to my numerous friends and acquaintances. <laughs> which is like my new mantra. Just <laughs> basically like, do I give a fuck? Also, I mean like, down, like digging things from a pit, archaeology style, I mean, that doesn't kind of scream floozy to me. Well, she doesn't spend much time doing archaeology because we're about to get on to what she's doing. So she went back to the US and taught Latin at Smith College, which was the first, which was the first women-only college. But she soon figured out she really wouldn't make as much money teaching as her brothers did teaching, because like one of her brothers was a teacher as well. So just she decided there was something else she really wanted to do. This is where we get into it. So while studying in Europe. Peck discovered her enthusiasm for mountaineering. All right. So throughout this whole thing, I want you to bear in mind that some of you may have climbed Snowdon, right? That's 1,085 metres. Again, in context, Ben Nevis was 1,345 metres. I think my highest one is the um, Penny Fan, which is about 900 metres, just under 900 metres, something like that. Okay, so keep that all in context when you're listening to the heights of these things that this woman (laughs) is climbing. Okay, so she started off by climbing moderate-sized mountains in Europe and the USA, including in 1888, Mount Shasta in California, which is 4,380 metres. And that's moderate. Cape Missidums, which is 800 metres, which is in Italy. 
Small mountain passes in Switzerland, including the Theodore Pass at 3,000 metres. In Greece, Mount Hittimus and Mount Pentacus, which were both 910 metres and 1,200 metres. In 1895, Peck followed in the footsteps of a woman named Lucy Walker and climbed Matterhorn in the Alps, which was like a big deal. Yeah. So during the climb, she wore, and this is really what made her famous, a hip-length tunic, tall climbing boots, and a pair of baggy kneed knickerbocker trousers (laughs) and a felt hat with a skewed veil. And this created a massive stir. This was a time where women were literally being, literally arrested for wearing trousers. What the? Really? Yeah. Yes. In America. And she is wearing them. Oh, in America. To climb okay, I'm not mountains. so surprised. Yeah. So this <laughs> other woman, Lucy Walker, had had climbed it, but she had climbed it in a, in a skirt. I have climbed, I have climbed like a couple of, you know big hills <laughs> and i cannot imagine doing them in anything but like proper either walking trousers or you know like legging yeah skirt that's style. like difficult and full-on dangerous yeah because this is, she, is, like is she like doing full-on climbing like rock climbing like up sheer phases yes. how the hell so are you meant to them... climb in a skirt that's ridiculous yeah this is i mean this is why she wore trousers she was like look this is like unsafe yeah I'm Don't just going to do what they're doing and wear trousers. <laughs> this seems like a better idea. So um, her costume attracted the attention of the press, uh, especially the New York Times, oh, and God. they started to discuss openly what women should be allowed to do and what oh, should geez. they aspire to do. She started to make money on the lecturing circuit. After she climbed, she would show sides and describe her climbs as well as show the views. So this is like her routine. She would climb. She would go back down, she would do a lecture circuit with like these posh men and women who were like, ooh, a woman. Um, And then over the money that she made from her lectures, she would use for her next expedition. So it was like a circuit. She said of climbing, Climbing is unadulterated hard labour. The only real pleasure is satisfaction of going where no man has been before and where few can follow. In 1897, she climbed Pico de Ozaba, I'm so sorry about that pronunciation, <laughs> which is 5,610 metres. And Popo Catapetli in Mexico. And that's why I can't pronounce it. <laughs> At the time, her climb was the highest ever made by a woman in the Americas. Um, in 1900, she climbed Monte Cristolo in the Italian um, Dominitz. I think that's how I pronounce it. Um, and Jungfrau in Switzerland's Burmese Alps, and then also the Funfinger Spitz in Austria. Usually my German pronunciation is better than that. I'm really sorry. Whereabouts in Austria is that one? Oh, I don't know, actually, but it sounds big, so... <laughs> it, Austria is pretty hilly, so... Yeah, I, I've, like... I went off a few while, while I was in Austria, so I'm wondering. Maybe. Maybe. Well, I doubt it, Dan. Um... These are pretty big. <laughs> also, Peck uh, helped found the American Alpine Club in 1902. In 1903, even though she was already over 50, Peck wanted to make a record-setting climb. She travelled to South America looking for a mountain taller than 6,960 metres 
Aconcagua in Argentina. So she wanted to climb like the biggest mountain. Um, so Peck attempted the Ilampu in Bolivia in 1903 and then again in 1904. But her most famous f- climb comes four years later. So accompanied by two Swiss, Swiss mountaineers guides in 1908, her expedition was the first to climb to the North Peak of the 6,768 metre Yukaskaran in Peru. It begins with a H, but it's pronounced like a U, so... <laughs> Peck's accomplishment would have bested this other woman called Fanny Bullock, workman, ascent of the Himalayan Pinnacle Peak, which is at 6,930 6, metres. And she, at the time, thought that she had the world record for the highest altitude climb, Peck. But Fanny, who was... Not very nice, basically, <laughs> in the nicest way possible, without saying the B word. And she was from like a much wealthier family. She travelled around the world with her husband. They used all the best gear. Uh, like she climbed in a skirt. And she had all the best guides and stuff. So they had like all the like the high class Sherpas, yeah. you know. Um These are like the trust fund backpackers. Exactly, exactly. They're those people. <laughs> So basically, while Peck like scrambled funds to do her thing, this woman had everything that she needed. Basically, this woman, uh, Fanny Workman, she challenged um, the claim that that Peck had bested her record, and paid engineers to recalculate Peck's altitude by like triangulating the peak. Um, the engineers actually established that Peck's um, calculations had been wrong and she had misjudged by about 600 metres, which meant that she didn't break the record. Oh, but she d- had obtained she had obtained that um, the American record in the Western Hemisphere while Workman was the world record lead holder for the highest altitude climb. So it was like... They both had different... They had, like, different records. She broke one, but not the other. Anyway, apparently Fanny had... She paid $300,000 to have this measurement taken. Jeez. Just... Nobody likes you, Fanny. Did she bribe... Did she bribe for this uh, result? this is... I'm not not saying nothing, but, you know... Actually, probably by now we do know how tall these things are, don't we? So we could probably... (laughs) Probably work out. But basically, like... America didn't like her anyway. They liked Peck better anyway, so they're like, whatever, Fanny, go away. <laughs> and basically, when Peck learned that the mountain climb wasn't as high as Fanny's one, she said, anyone can climb that. It's just a walk. There are no cliffs and no glaciers. And after that, yeah. Fanny stopped badgering her, because basically, there's a difference between like climbing up a really big mountain that's like a walk, yeah. and literally, like with your hands, like, climbing like that especially this is 1900 like hiking a mountain and climbing a mountain yeah there's there's a difference Um, and this is what Peck was saying but she didn't really care because she was just like whatever I climbed a mountain you didn't climb (laughs) just one little like smackdown yeah exactly So the media had also had a bit of a hand in boosting Annie's popularity by stating that her climbs were higher than they actually were sometimes or saying that she was the first (laughs) to do certain things when she wasn't. But this isn't really her fault. It's not like she, like, corrected them. 
but have you climbed a 600, <laughs> a 6,000 meter mountain at 60? Because, uh, you know, like, then you can complain about this. <laughs> she completed all her feats without any high-tech equipment. Her supplies included woolen socks, a woolen face mask that had a moustache painted on it, and <laughs> bars of chocolate. She said that bars of chocolate were essential. which is actually true because chocolate helps with altitude sickness so it's not like yeah Um, (laughs) she wore leather boobs that are four sizes too big to accommodate lots of pairs of socks and in the bottom she would nail nails into them to give her traction on the ice interesting yeah so this is like proper well it's not really i guess like climbing shoes have got better now but generally used to like climbers used to people like climb walls anyway Used to like buy kind of shoes that were like a half size too small, because then you yeah, could feel guess... feel the walls better. Yeah, like I when I when you're doing like well, pretty much anything like um like just ha- normal hiking, mm-hmm. you want to be able to like feel yeah your feet in the shoe because then like if you're going on bits of rock that are like jaggedy, because yeah. my hiking shoes my like walking boots are a bit too big for me and they're actually like I keep slipping on stuff I need to get new ones anyway um, <laughs> so uh, Peck's other rival was a man named Hiram Bingham the third we all know what the <laughs> third is it means you're posh so uh, apparently this guy was the inspiration for Indiana Jones oh really okay he was I think he was a Harvard professor or something Um, it was some sort of guy anyway <laughs> they were both headed to one of the five peaks on the Karupuna in Peru it was like a race right apparently at one point they were actually on the same boat like going over <laughs> to Peru which must have been really awkward um, basically she like the papers were like yeah she's doing it and he didn't want to admit that he was racing this woman who was 25 years older than he was so he was like in letters to his wife he was like ah she thinks we're racing but obviously they were racing <laughs> Um, so this was in 1911, and Peck was 61 years old. Wow. And of course, Peck got there first. Um, the peak was 6,426 metres. And Peck, an ardent suffragist, when she reached the top of the peak, she placed a banner that said, Votes for Women at the summit. Yes, she did. It might as well have said, like, Screw you <laughs> to this man. Um, so Peck later wrote a book about her experiences called A Search for the Apex of America, High Mountain Climbing in Peru and Bolivia, including the conquest of Yucascaran, with some observations on the country and the people below. That's like the <laughs> longest title to a book I think I've ever heard. That was in 1911. And her famous quote, My home is where my trunk is, um, originated from this book. Sweet. Okay, so between 1929 and 1930, Peck made a seven-month trip around South America, mostly by airplane, in order to demonstrate the ease and safety of commercial flights to airline passengers. At the time, this was the longest journey by a North American had ever taken. Oh, cool. She also, at one point, like, asked the American government to make her, like, the South American ambassador... Which seemed like it should be like a perfect for yeah. because she'd spent most of her time like in South America learning about the people, but they were like, "No, you're a woman. What are you talking about?" So she didn't plus, get it. Obviously, plus they probably didn't really want a stand-up person down there because they wanted to interfere in the government. Um, 
So after after returning to the United States, she published her fourth and final book. She'd had some other books. um, Flying Over South America, 20,000 Miles by Air. This was in 1932. Peck also continued to scale mountains into her old age. She climbed New Hampshire's 1,638-metre Mount Madison, uh, her final mountain at the age of 82. What a badass. What a woman. Peck wrote two additional books of her travels, The South American Tour, A Descriptive Guide, that was in 1913, and An Industrial and Commercial South America, 1922. So I really don't know why they didn't make this woman the South American ambassador. Like... This absolutely baffles me, anyway. Both uh, books were popular with diplomats, businessmen, corporations, politicians, and tourists. Later in life, she hung out with some really awesome women, uh, including Amelia Earhart, who said that Annie was one of her inspirations. Nice. In addition to becoming the founding member of the American Alpine Club, like I mentioned before, Peck became the president of the Joan of Arc Suffrage League in 1914, a fellow of the Royal Geographical Society in 1917 and was admitted to the Society of Women Geographers in 1928. Interestingly, Annie was denied entrance to the British Al- British Alpine Club as it oh, didn't geez. admit women. And they, she said that they had told her that um, her presence, presence of ladies would spoil their dinner. What? It's such a British thing to say. I just I couldn't even handle it. It's like, what are these men talking about? Oh, jeez. Honestly. During her life, she also appeared in advertisements, um, like one for the Singer sewing machine. And she's also, you know, like cigarette packets used to get cards, like collectible cards? Yeah. There was one called The World's Greatest Explorers, which included 25 men and Annie. Sweet. <laughs> so Peck... Uh, never married, like I mentioned. She started a world tour in 1935 at the age of 84, but became ill while climbing the Acropolis of Athens. She returned home... Well, she returned to America, and at the Hotel Montanari in New York City, died of bronchitis pneumonia on the 18th of July, 1935. So she's 84, and That's- she got ill while climbing a mountain... And then she died in a New York hotel, which is just like, I don't know, something like every single person has had this like romantic death has all been in a hotel. (laughs) Yeah, this is true. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's always a hotel. Why don't people go home? Anyway. (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, Peck's remains were cremated and her ashes were buried in the North Burial Ground Cemetery in Providence, Rhode Island. Her gravestone reads, you have brought uncommon glory to women of all time. Nice. Peck was remembered for her adventurous spirit in the sport of mountaineering, but her climbing accomplishments aren't really well known present day. I mean, I had never heard of her until I started researching her. Her personal papers, like, you know, like diaries and correspondence photographs, are available at the Brooklyn College Library Archives and Special Collections. If anyone is near Brooklyn, you can go check them out. And if you want to read the biography, there is one, and it's called A Woman's Place is at the Top, and it's by Hannah Kimberly. I'm going to have to check these out. And that is Annie Smith Peck. And I kept calling her Annie Smith Peak because she's a climber. Oh man, I gotta check that out because I like climbing. I'm a yeah, this I'm a is climber, why I chose so her. I'm gonna have to check it out. Climber and a rambler. 
Yeah, going to the 80s, uh, her 80s. But I guess that's the thing. Like, I always think that, like, you're only, like, you only really get old if you, like, decide that you're going to be old. Like, it's like a, you, like, use it or lose it kind of thing. Keep going. If you keep going. Unless you get a horrible disease and then you're old. Yeah, yeah, I guess so, but... Generally. I don't know, like, my grandparents are both 88, and they're still living in their three-story house. Yeah. So this is, these are the genes that I want, like... My like other grandma died at 89. So, yeah, I'm yeah. hoping that, you know, what's going to be passed down. She was Scottish and a badass. I don't know if I ever told you about my grandma, but she had polio. She got polio when my dad was three, and she was paraplegic. Oh, she, wow. like... Yeah, she was in a wheelchair for my her my dad's like whole life basically like from when sure. he was three, so she got it in fifty three. But she was eighty nine. Yeah, because wow. she was she was a bold Scot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's so crazy badass women of the world unite. Pex so cool because she just like made all these decisions and she like just decided she wasn't going to get married and she decided she was going to university and she decided that she was going to wear trousers and she decided that she was going to be a lecturer and she decided she was going to climb huge mountains and she just like people were like but you're a woman she was like but I've decided it (laughs) like I'm going to I've made this decision I don't understand why you're (laughs) telling me (laughs) shut up One, one thing actually I did like I, I went a few, few, quite a few sources. This obviously mm-hmm. I should have read the biography, and I will at some point. But um, one of the things on one of the sources said that even after they, because obviously she'd go with like, you know, like people, because mm. you don't just climb a mountain. Yeah, just yeah. Anyway. I mean, you do, but like you don't, not like huge ones. And she would, yeah, she would go and they would do this big climb, and then. Because she was the woman, she was still expected to do like the cooking and stuff after the Dutton's like massive climb. What the hell? What for yeah, the team dude. that she was with? Yeah. What? That's crazy. It's just like, but I think I felt like she was just like sucked up. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like her passion was getting to the peak. <laughs> what um, is for dinner this evening? I am going to have Chelsea. Barbecue pork, Chinese barbecue uh, pork, along with Chinese vegetables and rice. Always rice. I love Every, Chinese, everyday rice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's the best carb, objectively speaking. Um, bread is the best carb. Uh, no objectively way. speaking, <laughs> <laughs> we are in England. Bread is the best carb. I disagree. Respectfully disagree. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start a poll, everyone. Please let us know. Rice or bread? Damn, I can't and most see of our listeners are actually Americans, so... I can't see myself coming out on top of this. <laughs> yeah, no. I do like rice. We had we had chili yesterday, so... It was good with guacamole on the side. But today we are having fish and chips. And obviously by fish, oh, I mean... fake fish and chips. Huh? Fake fish and chips. I thought you were... Oh, no. Matt will be having fish. I will yeah. be having vegan fish it's fake fish yeah. that, like, i was thinking a way of like putting fake fish. and fish together but that's just fish yeah like fake bacon is bacon yeah can't do it a fish a fash for fish, fish. for fish. fish to call it fash but then it just sounds a bit fascist. see one of my favorite jokes right matt hates this is our 
when I say our, I mean Spurs. Spurs' goalkeeper is called Loris, and he's French. And he yeah. spells his name with two L's at the beginning, right? So yeah. I call him Loris <laughs> because he's French. <laughs> Because he's the Lawrence and he has two L's. <laughs> and I think this is hilarious. And um, Matt hates him. Anyway, the Lawrence. <laughs> like, for fish. Just funny to me. As long as you're funny to yourself. That's, that's all that matters. That's all the that counts, really. <laughs> uh, so, everyone, please enjoy, enjoy the world being a bit more open again. Oh, yeah. If anyone's in Slowly. Wales, I'm really sorry for you because I just learned that they're not allowed to have alcohol. Oh, or yeah. Something. Yeah. Can only have, like... Let's go Matt's up, going no, to Wales for Christmas, so... Really? <laughs> oh, boy. That's not a Christmas. What is Christmas <laughs> without alcohol? There's nothing else to say. Subscribe, wherever you're listening to this. And tell everyone about it. And thank you so much for everyone that has rated us so far. Please keep doing so. We really appreciate it. Yeah, give us those stars. And uh, follow us on... The social media thing, that thing, Instagram, <laughs> Twitter. Uh, you have a uh, laugh. Have you ever pod? There you go. That's um, the one. Have you ever pod? And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>